The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hey, everyone. I'm Lisa Campion, and this is the Miracle of Healing on MindBodySpirit.fm. Today we are going to speak, I always love talking to fellow psychics, and today we have a really good one, psychic medium Karen Doherty, and she's going to help us understand what being a psychic medium is really all about and how connecting with a medium can really help us process the loss of a loved one and maybe think about what happens in the afterlife. We all have questions about what happens when we die even though it's something that we're all going to go through. It's really kind of one of a big mystery we don't really know. Um, until we talk to somebody like like Karen. So she's an internationally renowned Scottish psychic medium and has been working for many, many years now all across the world to give readings, to help people understand and train their own psychic ability and hold powerful spaces of discussion on what happens in the afterlife like we're going to talk about right now. So welcome so much to the show, Karen. So glad you're here. Thank you, Lisa. And thanks for inviting me. So um, let, let's start a little bit with like, um, when did you know you had your gifts? I think that's an important question. And what happened? What happened? How did you understand that you had gifts? Well, really, I recall being as young as three or four years old where I could see people. And I knew that the people that I was seeing were not physical, but I also didn't have any fear of that. I just knew they were from somewhere else and it was okay and there was nothing to worry about. Um, and as I kind of grew up then through the years, you know, maybe at the age of nine or 10 going forward, I used to speak to my grandmother about it um, and she understood. She would always say, oh, Karen, you bring them with you or you don't have to worry about them. She just made it very normal for me. So in that essence, it was just a very natural progression, although I would still say up until I was in my late teens or even into my early 20s, I didn't call myself a medium. I didn't know I was a medium and that I was meant to do something with it. But it just felt like a very natural part of me. And were you seeing them like solid people? Were they kind of that level of like you couldn't tell the difference between the spirits and the people? I could see them 
you know, as people, I could see them there, but I knew that they weren't physical. So it wasn't that they were solid like you and I would be in a room. It was more mm. like, I don't know, like an ethereal right. vision of that that spirit. So I did know they weren't solid, but I could see them with my physical eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same thing happened to me too. And I've had my gifts since I was a kid. And I used to see them sitting around my bed. I called them the gray people because they were kind of smoky and gray looking and transparent. And um, I knew I, it took me a while to figure out they were dead people, but I knew they were, they needed help and that they felt better if I listened to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's the realization. And I think if it's a natural thing for you, you don't realize until later, you know, what it is and what it means. And what's it like for you when you receive your messages? Like how does it come through? How does the information come through for you? Many different ways, actually. I mean, I know that I can see things, see vision, symbolism. I can see the spirit people in my mind's eye. I can sometimes see them physically. Um, I feel things more than anything else. You know, I can feel if someone steps forward and maybe feel things about their condition or how they were as a character. Um, so it's it's kind of everything mixed into one. It depends how the spirit person's working it depends how they're trying to relay that information to me but I know that all my senses are used within that time yeah and for me it's sort of it's not always like like a linear conversation like we're having right now like it seems like it kind of skips around or the element of time is a little different or I'm receiving things on all sorts of different channels and it takes me a while to piece it all together to come up with some sort of meaningful um, message for my for my clients do do you get clear messages like that or is it mostly like through signs and symbols and uh, like metaphors it's really through I mean once you start building the link so when I feel the spirit person there and start to make that link and build that up then it's it's conversational for me so it's more about them telling me things they will still use, you know, an image in my mind. They will still give me symbolism for things within my mind's eye to try and get me to interpret something that they're trying to give me. So sometimes it comes in and out like conversation. Sometimes it comes in as pictures. Sometimes it comes in as feelings. But you're right, you know, it is more, you have to piece it together. It's never a flowing conversation like just a two-way street it's always like you're trying to grab pieces of that information or conversation and make it make sense for the client Mm, yeah yeah it sounds really pretty much the same like it is for me as well so let's talk about like why mediumship is so healing I mean it it's super important I think sometimes we can provide closure for people that wouldn't normally have it if they didn't have a medium a medium um, but but what's that? What what do you notice about the healing nature of mediumship? The healing nature of the mediumship for me is the most important part. It's bringing healing to whatever wound is there. So it, it's obviously through grief. But obviously, when someone passes away, there may be things in life that you're left with, like not getting that final conversation with that person, or not getting to see them before they passed away, um, or maybe just not even 
realizing that the time was running out to tell someone how you felt about them. There are many different ways. So the healing aspect of that is quite amazing, you know, what that brings forward for the client, but also the healing takes place on both sides. So if you can imagine a mother in the spirit side or a father there who didn't get to speak with his child or, you know, his wife or whoever, and that conversation takes place, then the healing for the person in the spirit side is amazing because they have finally got to have that conversation. But the healing for the client that sits in front of me is also amazing because they got to have that. So it really takes place on both sides. And for me, that's what mediumship is supposed to do. It's meant to bring the healing aspect to everything that you do, even if it's a psychic link. You know, if you work psychically with someone and it's more about their life and bringing guidance to them, it's still bringing a healing aspect to that because you're helping them um, in some essence that they need. So healing is across the board for mediumship, I feel. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I don't really consider myself a medium. I'm more a psychic. and I, But I always say mediumship happens <laughs> because sometimes it's what needs to happen, you know, in order for it's what that person needs in the moment, you know, or they, or my client will come in bringing with them some people that really want to talk. And I, I noticed this a lot after COVID too, like so many people died very suddenly in COVID. They died on ventilators. They weren't, they didn't know they were going to die. They didn't think they were going to die. They didn't get a chance to say anything or they had to die alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, did, did you notice sort of, a a spike in your the COVID deaths how did that impact you as a medium I mean definitely you know that was part of the work throughout that time because obviously people were dying of COVID and it was in extreme circumstances where it came out of the blue for a lot of people and affected people in that way that was unexpected. So, yes, that was part of the work at that moment in time um, and still is to a degree. It still obviously comes up, you know, within readings. But in my mind as well, you know, as as you will know, when you work in that way and as a medium, you're you're faced with that death every day you know every person you sit with has experienced death on some level of someone so you so it's not that I noticed a spike in it at that time but I will say that it was harder those um, instances were harder because the people didn't get that goodbye they didn't get the, the time to go to the hospital or you know any kind of um, space with that mm -hmm. person so in that way it was very different Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Like, how do you um, notice, you know, there are people that like die and they cross over and they're, they're like in heaven or what I always called soul world. And they're just coming back to de deliver a message. And how is that different from maybe people who haven't fully crossed over? Because sometimes as mediums, we, we get go ghosts, we get stuck people who need assistance in crossing over. Is that something that you also do? That's not really something I do. It's my belief that when we cross over, we know where we are. So I believe that we all do go to the spirit world. I do believe that when we get there, we, because we come from the spirit side of life, we go home there. So we do know where we are. The difference is I feel that some people who have maybe had a traumatic passing or who weren't ready to accept, you know, that they were leaving the physical behind, the emotional trauma of that I can pick up. So that in that essence, you know, I would work with that, with the spirit person. Mm. 
But I do feel, you know, wholeheartedly that the spirit world take care of the spirit and the human world take care of the humans. And the medium who works in between is kind of both, you know, we're both sides of it. Yeah, that's great. Thank you um, for that perspective. Um, it, it, I know it requires us to have a lot of training in grief counseling, right? Because we we are dealing with people's grief all the time, whether we're dealing with the living or the dead. And I think that's something that a lot of times people who are are just starting to be a medium or want to be a medium don't always know that they're that's what they're going to do. But it is a big part of what we do. It sure is. And I think knowing how to cope with someone's grief and knowing how to, you know, empathize and help someone through it really is a big part of the mediumship, like you said. And it is where people might not realize at the beginning of their mediumship journey that that is part of it, too. It's a, you know, it's a massive responsibility doing mediumship and um, because you're dealing with people that are very vulnerable um people that are going through something in their life even if it's not through grief at that moment even if it's about their own life they're very vulnerable when they come to a psychic or a medium um so you do have to learn how to handle that mm. and how to help someone process that yeah that's why it's so important to find a reputable medium you know and there's sort of in the history of mediumship and spiritualism there's just a strong you know, a thread of sort of, you know, people taking advantage of those desperate people. And so I feel like, you know, going to a really reputable medium like you is really important. So we're, we know we're in good hands, somebody who's been trained, somebody who's ethical, somebody who's skillful. Mm -hmm. And it might be like, we encounter somebody who's actively like a scam artist, or sometimes people who just don't uh, know, they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was super glad to hear that you tr teach mediumship. So you help people train to become mediums, yes? Yes, because, you know, like you've just mentioned, unfortunately, there are people out there that are maybe not doing it for the best of intention at times. And also there's people out there that mm -hmm. want to do it and feel they are drawn to it, but maybe don't understand it fully. So then they need the help to understand it. So when I was younger and when I was starting out I just felt at that point I didn't have anyone to ask questions to I didn't have someone on hand to speak to about it so I knew then that you know should I make this my life's work which is what my intention was and what happened quite naturally I knew that I would want to help other mediums other people that had felt drawn to it to share my experience help them with questions and mentor them um, because like I say, it's not exactly the, you know, it's not a path that everyone takes. So people don't quite understand it. And nowadays you can also get a lot of answers on the internet. You can, you know, research anything, which is amazing. But also likewise, there's a lot of information that isn't correct about the way it is. So, you know, it's a 50-50. So to have someone to talk to about it and ask experience and questions, I just felt would be an amazing way to help people. Yeah, I, 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 me too, because when I started working, I was 19 when I started working as a psychic and that was like 1987, mm -hmm. you know? So there was like n nobody doing it, no schools, no, there was no internet. You could mm -hmm. look it up, no books really written in the library. And I feel like I learned everything the hard way, made every mistake you can make, mm -hmm. probably invented a whole bunch of new ones. And, you know, I found it a very humbling process and really painful at times. So I feel 
like you, very motivated to help people whose psychic abilities are waking up. Um, right now, it so, seems like so many more people are waking up, right? And I wanted to also help like you help them go a little easier than I did. But do you feel like people's psychic abilities opening at a faster rate than normal right now or than in the past? I think that because of the knowledge that's out there, that there's a lot of people looking at it now. Whereas before, I feel that it was something that people didn't think about. But now, because there is so much out there, people are drawn to it. We watch it on TikTok or Instagram or you know social media, where people is like, oh yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm drawn to that, so I can look at this now. Whereas years gone by, that wasn't there, so people didn't think about it. So in that way, I do think more and more people are more aware of their spiritual gifts or abilities, and they want to look at that and take it further because it's more easily accessible now. Right. Yeah, that's a good point sort of more socially acceptable too, because I feel like a lot of people had experiences. They just didn't talk about it. It wasn't like when I was growing up, it wasn't okay to talk about it. You had to be quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's take a real quick break and then come back and join the conversation again. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back. And we are here with Karen Doherty, psychic medium Karen Doherty, and we're talking about what it's like to be a psychic medium. So Karen, do you find that your mediumship is something that you can turn on and off? Does it pop open when you're in the market? Does it, or is it only on when you have, when you have clients and how did you learn how to turn it on and off? You know, I always say to people, it's not uh, switching on and off it's more an awareness so yes when you're in the supermarket you know if I switch my awareness to that so if I focus on that then I will certainly feel spirit um, but usually if I'm out doing life stuff it's not something that I do so therefore you know I just got on with my day just the same as anyone else 
But when I do move my awareness towards spirit, then I can feel them very easily. And likewise, when I come away from it just to get on with life again, then I'm not really aware of them too much. Mm -hmm. So it's like where you put your attention is where, um, where you focus your attention in it and it turns on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mine was always a little more difficult. Like mine would sort of pop on and off. It took me a long time to learn how to control it. And I felt like that made it difficult for me to be out in public sometimes. And, and I feel, I feel grateful that I did finally learn how to do it. I'm, I'm glad you have a, a good way to do that because I think it's really difficult for people who can't. Yeah, it is a difficulty because it can be overwhelming. And I think, I mean, there are times where, you know, occasionally spirit will pop in anyway, even if I am, you know, on, uh, you know, out having a meal or somewhere and you feel them coming in. And usually there's a reason for that. You know, it's maybe something that they feel they need to share with someone. But um, even in that essence, you know, I wouldn't then say to someone I was with, um, you know, oh, I've got a message for you. I always feel like that has to be invited. That has to be something that someone asks for. And I know that there's a story that stays in my mind when I was on a train going down to London to work and there was a lady sat across from me and I knew that her husband was there. I could feel him. He was very persistent with me. He wanted me to talk to her. And I kept saying to him in my mind, I can't do that. I don't know how that would be received. He told me her name. And eventually she just, I had said to him, if you want this to happen, she needs to ask me. And eventually she said, where are you going? I told her I was going to work. What do you do? I said, I'm a medium. And she said, oh, I love mediumship. She said, I love hearing about it. And that's when I was able to say, well, I do know that your husband's in spirit. And I was able to give her, you know, that small message. Um, and for that, I felt it was very needed. The husband was persistent because it was very needed. But that's not a usual occurrence. Usually it's, you know, my mind's not on it. So therefore, you know, I'm not aware. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad about the ethics too because that um that's also how I do it and I I feel really strongly that as psychics we need to uh, to have some ethical boundaries around when we share information that that has to, you know, like it's permission based, you know. And it kind of goes against a lot of what we see on TV where you know the mediums that we see on TV are not always practicing good ethics and kind of will do the psychic, I call it the hit and run, um, where they just, you know, burst out with some um, un, unasked for psychic information on poor some on some poor uns, unsuspecting person. And it makes great TV, but it's not really appropriate for real life. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the programs that are on sometimes make it difficult for mediums and psychics because as much as it's getting the word out there that this happens and that people do have these abilities, the way that they are set up, you know, like going into shops or, you know, a film crew following someone around, um, it's all good and well entertainment wise, like you say, Lisa, but really ethically, it's just, it, for me, it's quite poor because really you're dealing with people's lives, you know, you're dealing with their grief, you're dealing with their lives, you're dealing with things that really are not for public consumption unless they've asked for that. So, it's not really my and thing. their privacy, you yeah, know, exactly. And it's, yeah. it's not my thing either. And I do know there's yeah. a medium that I used to follow on TV a lot. And I really rate his mediumship. I think he's an amazing medium. And I know that he stopped doing TV because they wanted to 
set it up, edit, you know, do it certain ways. And he said, that's not how mediumship works. And that for me uh, is a very respectful thing to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. And we can, we can learn some bad habits from watching paranormal TV and, um, we don't, you know, it's not, don't do what they do on paranormal TV. It's not a good example of how to do things, Mm -hmm. um, unless you want to make an interesting TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, but let's talk a little bit about psychic self-defense. Do you feel like you need to protect yourself from negative energies? And if so, how do you do that? I don't really feel a need to do that apart from when anytime I go to work with spirit, I will always kind of say like an opening prayer just for my own, you know, getting my own mind into it. Um, so, you know, I'll open up and thank spirit and ask them to come forward and tell them, you know, I'm at their service. But I always include always working for the highest of good at all times. It's just something I was trained to do early, early on. But it's not something that I feel I need to do. If I didn't do it, I wouldn't worry about it. Because my feel is that, you know, I have a spirit team working with me. They know that I work for the highest of good and to help people. So for me, I don't really feel a need. That doesn't mean that I haven't felt, you know, negative energy at times, you know, um, maybe someone who's in the spirit side that is full of emotional trauma or you know is not happy in some way and I can feel the energy of that but I never feel that it would harm me Hmm. sure it's like sitting with a client you know like a client is also has drama and may not be in the best mood but you also have faith they're not going to hurt you like a living person exactly what, what have you noticed about like what can you say about what the afterlife is you know we I think when we talk to a lot of people on the other side we learn we hear I hear consistent information like pretty much they all tell me the same thing and I'm wondering about you like what have what have you learned about the afterlife as a medium yeah I I feel the same Lisa you know the information I receive is quite consistent you know so I know that when we cross over we are still, we can be here in visitation, we can be around our loved ones. Anytime that you think of a loved one in the spirit side, they are there. It's not, you know, there's no distance, there's no time in the spirit side. That's a big one, um, you know, is timeless. Um, And the reason I feel that's a big one is because when we lose someone to the spirit side of life, we feel it's very final and that if it's another 30 years before we pass away, we feel that that's 30 years that we've missed that person, even if we believe we're going to see them again. And I always say to my clients, you know, there is no time. So when you go there, it will be like the last time you've seen the person. There's only time in this side of life because it's physical. Um, And that for me was a, a big thing to learn and a big thing to pass on to people as well. And I always say that's why spirit come forward and say, go and enjoy your life, live your life, celebrate your life because we will be together again. Um, And also, you know, sometimes get told things that they're doing over there. So, you know, what their next stage of their development might be, and that might be things like helping other people, you know, evolving throughout the realms within realms on the spirit side. Um, And I, you know, I'm easy to say, you know, there's no way that even a medium can know everything about the other side. It doesn't happen like that. We won't know until we go there. But all I can do as a medium is put forward what I've learned um, to bring healing and to bring knowledge to the clients here. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love that message. 
It's comforting, I think, when we've lost somebody, you know, to know those things. It is. And what about people who want to um, develop their psychic ability? Do you feel like everyone's psychic? And if you wanted to get started in increasing your intuition and your psychic ability, what do you recommend? Well, yeah, I do. Know, I do believe everyone is psychic because we come from there, and we, you know, when we come here, we have that intuition, we have that mind-to-mind communication. When we grow up, we forget about that. So our five senses are developed when we go to school, and our sixth sense, which is our intuition, our psychic ability, is shelved. So we don't get to develop that as such. Um, so. Everyone has it. Now, we all have it to different varying degrees. There are some people that will work with it. There's some people that just have it and it's their own hunch, their own intuition. But whatever way it is or whatever level you're at, you can definitely enhance that. And a way to enhance that would be through meditation, you know, creating that quiet place within yourself so that you can know what it's like and feel like to connect with your inner self, your higher self. Um, and in turn, that would then increase your knowledge of that and your connection, which then would increase the other things that happen as a result of that. Um, so I do think we can all do that. I don't believe that we are all mediums. I believe that many, many, many psychics are mediums, but I don't believe, you know, that all are mediums. I, I believe that connecting with the spirit side comes from something you're born with. And there are certain people that are doing that and meant to do that alongside and there are others that don't. Yeah, that makes sense to me too. Well, um, Karen, how can people reach you if they want a session with you or if they want to train with you? What's the best way for them to connect with you? So you can connect with me just through my website, which is karendoherty.com. Um, there are there's information on there. There are, you know, podcasts and interviews I've done, but also there are forms on there, applicant forms for the mentorship or to put forward questions even just to be answered. And I always provide that service as well, even to answer someone and help them mm-hmm. understand what's taking place with them. So all of that is at karendoherty.com. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us today and sharing your gifts with the world. It is my pleasure to be here. Absolute pleasure. And I think if more mediums talk about it and get it out there and you know, share things with one another, then we get a better level of understanding. Oh, yeah, I believe that too. Thank you so much. And thanks all of you guys for tuning in and listening today. If you want to find out more about me, you can find me at my website, lisacampion.com. I specialize in training psychics, healers, and empaths to fully step into their gifts because I think the world needs all the healers it can get. And I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to create an army of healers to go out there and save the world. So come by to my website, drop me a, drop me a line, um, send me an email, love to hear from you. And thanks for being with us today, right here on the miracle of healing, where we are saving the planet one person at a time right here on mindbodyspirit.fm. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals 
that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.